It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. She wins who calls herself beautiful and challenges the world to change to truly see her, Naomi Wolf. There is incredible pressure on women to look certain ways to be sexy. If we're tall, thin, curvy-toned, and perpetually youthful, we have a chance, says society. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and today we are going to explore awesome ways to feel sexy no matter what your shape, height, or size with two fantastic women who know what they're talking about and this truth. You're already gorgeous and sexy. What matters most is that you perceive it. Shannon Hammer is the author of The Positive Portions Food and Fitness Journal, which stemmed out of the 100-pound weight loss she's maintained for more than 12 years, finding freedom from a lifetime of yo-yo dieting, self-hatred, and anxiety, has led Shannon to become a passionate advocate for healthy living and body image. She shares her unique wisdom, practical advice, and creative recipes on her website, positiveportions.com. Rain Parvis is a personal and motivational stylist who brings a fresh, fun approach to teaching individuals how to look their best in her book, Ultimate Guide to Style, From Drab to Fab. Prior to launching her company, Style by Rain, she acquired a BA in cinema arts and TV production. She then spent a few years as a professional comedian and now finds ways to tell her clients the truth about their style without destroying their self-esteem. Learn more at stylebyrain.com. I am so thrilled to have you ladies here. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We're so happy to have Rain back for a return appearance and Shannon, you here for the first time. I would love to hear first from you, Shannon. Mm -hmm. What kind of started your your journey? First, the struggle with your, uh, both your body image and your eating habits. Oh, sure. Well, You know, I was put on my first diet when I was four years old, which really set in motion just a lifetime of disordered eating. And what's really sad, August, is that when I look back at pictures, I wasn't even that overweight. It just was something that my aunt felt that she needed to do to kind of get it under control before it came out of control. But then, ironically, it made me get out of control with my eating because I just learned to hate my body and think there was something wrong with me. So that started an entire lifetime of disordered eating until I was in my early 30s and I decided that I wanted to do something different. So I started to take care of myself and at that time, unfortunately, I was 100 pounds overweight so I had a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do, not only on my body but my self-esteem, my self-image. So I had to go through an entire transformation that took about three years. Wow. Yeah. That is quite a story. It's so sad to me how many mm-hmm. kids now are dieting by age five. I can't remember the statistic. It's something like 25% of girls have started dieting. It, and it by is. age five? Yeah. Holy have moly. Have at least dieted once. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Which she's so surprised, right? But you're like, well, yeah. And yeah. and I was a very thin kid mm. and thought that I was overweight and had thoughts at age five of being chubby when I wasn't, because our culture also tells us that 
it's not just about looking a certain way. It's that our value is placed in a size and a shape. And uh, mm-hmm. what actually kind of inspired, you said in your 30s, you decided to make a change. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular aha type moment? I did have that aha moment. So I had uh, been at a Christmas party. And this was back in the days when, you know, you would go and you would get your film developed. So I remember being in CVS and I got my pictures back from this Christmas party and I pulled one out and I gasped. I was utterly shocked. I weighed 230 pounds at the time, but I was in such denial I didn't see it. So it looked like somebody had superimposed my face on an obese woman's body. I was just so out of touch with what I looked like and that got my attention and I saw myself and I thought I I need to do something different. I don't want to... I don't want to be that person. And it wasn't just the weight. It was the unhappiness, the isolation, the the bad eating habits, the not extra. It was, I just, I wanted something completely different. I love that you point out the differences because I think there's this misperception that dieting is what helps us lose weight and no. stay a certain size. No. And actually dieting fuels obesity. Dieting is mm-hmm. what sets us on not, not just obesity. And even if you don't gain weight dieting, it's mm-hmm. so unhealthy and it's so, uh, damaging from a health standpoint. So you found healthier ways. What were some of the things that helped you the most? Yeah. Well, the first thing I had to do was adjust my mindset, just exactly like what you said, is I had to go for a bigger goal than just wanting a number on a scale because that was a trap. I knew that if I ever got to that number, first of all, that I would think, oh, I'm there and I can go back to doing what I did before, eating the way that I you know, was eating before. I wanted a whole different life. And I knew into, just intuitively that the weight was just a symptom of a deeper problem. So I had to look at how I managed my stress, my relationships, what I did when I needed to soothe myself. I had to do a complete overhauling. So along with cleaning up my diet in the traditional ways, you know, you cut out sugar and sodas and all that. I also had to look at how can I take care of myself emotionally so that I wouldn't be driven to overeat for whatever sustenance that was giving me emotionally. That's so huge. I feel like emotional eating is, mm-hmm. you know, one of the biggest problems for people, um, certainly people who are overweight, but but so many people in general. Rain, is that, uh, do you find a lot of body image struggles in your line of work as a professional stylist? Oh, absolutely. And that's one of my greatest joys is being being able to change one's perception of themselves and their image and their body into a more positive light. Because I always say, you don't see yourself the way the world sees you or that you see you. So as you're speaking, I'm like, wow, it sounds like you really needed to do a lifestyle change, not only on the outside, but the inside and the way that you thought thought about yourself and what you feel you deserved. Exactly. And, you know, to that point, if I had only looked at the outside and not dealt with the inside, I would have gained the weight back because the insides have to match the the outside. So true. And Mm -hmm. most people do regain weight. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why. And they jump from diet to diet searching for this, this, this happiness and this thin place and this number on a scale. When, as you said, it's so interesting. And I worked as a nutrition therapist for Mm -hmm. about eight years. And from my own experience with eating disorders and also uh, working with others, I found that so many people, once they let go of those numbers, you know, once they completely aren't trying to just fit a certain, because the number is really not significant at all, right? It's it's loaded. It is, let's say that my goal was a size six. So when I, and I actually did get down to a size six, a little bit smaller. Um, if I had been, had that as my goal, I would have been so disappointed because I was still me at size six and I still had all the feelings and the feelings of inadequacy and all the things that I hadn't addressed before. I would have eaten myself 
back up to a 24. Sure, mm-hmm. exactly. And you mentioned, this is so interesting to me, uh, the whole concept of how we perceive ourselves and also how others perceive us. And you said you were the same person mm-hmm. at size six. Uh, what was that like? Well, first of all, let me go back a bit. What did you imagine would happen once you lost that weight? Because I feel like people have these visions, you know, that sure. life might be perfect, for example. Oh, yes. Well, that's basically it. And just uh, to qualify, so I had spent my life yo-yo dieting, so I could lose and gain up to 60 pounds in a year. So I had seen size six come and go many, 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 many times. One year, I actually gained 100 pounds in a year. I That's a lot of eating, and mm-hmm. I was able... I, I was fully capable of doing that. So I had had many experiences. So this time when I got down to my goal weight and I was in a completely different mindset, um, I had to address some of the myths that I thought uh, being thin would, uh, uh, would be like. One of them was my life would be perfect. I would never get rejected by men. Everybody would instantly like me and I could wear whatever I want and it would look fabulous. And mm-hmm. none of those things turned out to be true. I got rejected. <laughs> I could put on, you know, something, and it, it even if I was thin, it wasn't necessarily. Even if you're flattering. a size, some of my clients that are size two, it's Not all about flattering. dressing for your shape. Thank you. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Like yeah. you can. I think most women too have jeans in sizes that are vastly different that fit them too. Yeah. So it's like also the differences in the number system in our clothing. Right. Is, right. is huge. Rain. It sounds like that resonated with with you. How important is it to know? You know, because we hear so many tips about um, dressing to look a certain way as far as size goes. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love about your approach is you're trying to help people just see their own beauty and celebrate it and be authentic. And uh, what are some ways to dress in a way that you feel more confident that has nothing to do with dressing to look skinnier, for example? I would probably say the most important thing across the board is dressing in your color palette in a way that will mm-hmm. emphasize your natural hair color, your eye color, your skin tone. And just that goes across the board no matter what size you are. If you're dressing in your color palette, you're automatically going to look and feel more beautiful because you're probably going to get a lot more compliments, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice. And it's so it just I'm so glad you talked about that a bit because you did my color palette for me. And I'm somebody who, and I was just yeah. explaining this to Shannon before she came in, I, I just don't... <laughs> I don't want to spend much time mm-hmm. on my clothes and all that stuff. I would like to just have that Jetsons wardrobe. Do you guys remember the Jetsons show where you just walk in a machine and it's like, you look fabulous. We all want awesome. that wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, makeup. I want makeup too. Yes, just, yeah. just put it there and don't have to have any time spent and all that stuff. And the color palette thing was so great to learn for me because it made shopping much easier because mm-hmm. I also hate shopping, although I have not shopped with rain, so I can't uh, speak for what I'm going to get you. I know I'm going to get will. you. I know you will. <laughs> and I'm sure that would be more fun, but I'm not somebody who enjoys clothes shopping. So when I go into a store, my husband will be like, you need to at least stay for more than five minutes. Cause I just get like, Oh, I want to leave. I'm so, I'm so bored. This is so, mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> and it's like when you go in and there's this huge range of things and I'll ask you more about some of the specific tips in a bit here. Um, but, but back to your, your story, mm-hmm. Shannon. So you said you were still rejected by men. Yes. All this, your relationship with yourself. Did you feel like the pacing? Did you, did you feel that you were able to embrace yourself um, as the weight shifted or did you, they say a lot of people still have that mindset of 
feeling like I am, quote, the, the heavy person. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yes. What, what I call like the fat girl head. Like, luckily this time, because I had taken a holistic approach along the way, I had learned to adjust to an increasingly smaller sized body. So my weight loss took three years to lose 100 pounds, which I'm so grateful for. That's I, so much healthier. Oh, yeah. healthier. And uh, emotionally, I was able to adjust because what happened, the first thing that happened was the fear of men came up, you know, and I would get attention and I would freak out. And mm. that we used to send me, you know, straight into a box of donuts. But now, because I had other tools, I was able to breathe, talk to people, you know, tell myself I am safe, nothing's, you know, I can take care of myself. And so then I was able to work through it and then feel comfortable enough to continue on the weight loss. But I had moments like that along the way. So by the time I got to, you know, the size I am now, I felt, I felt okay in this body. I see. That's wonderful. And I love that you emphasize that the slow journey, yes. uh, they say like the, the CDC says, you know, you should never try to lose more than like one to one and a half pounds in a week. It comes off maybe faster if you make big changes at the beginning, but the gradual weight loss is not only sustainable, but that's a brilliant point that your emotions could, could catch up. Uh, and how did the weight loss affect your intimate life? Like sexually, did it feel like a completely different experience? It was a completely different experience. And, um, you know, for me, it may, may I be graphic and revealing? Oh my gosh. On Please Girl do. Butter? Yes. Please do. Please okay. be graphic. Okay. Bring it on. <laughs> okay. So there's a comedian, I think it's Monique, but, but I'm not sure. I'm sorry, Monique, if it's not you. She mm -hmm. said the most perfect joke. She said, when you are a fat girl and you have sex, you know, you can basically, you know, stick it in my ear, do whatever <laughs> you want to me, because I'm just glad you're showing up. Aww. And that was kind of my attitude. I just, I felt so great that mm. this person was, you know, wanting to be with me sexually that I, I really had no boundaries and, and I had no self-esteem and I didn't bring self-respect into the bedroom and I got disrespected and I picked that type of a partner. And as I grew in my self-esteem, even though, you know, my body was getting smaller, but that was almost beside the point. My self-esteem was rising. I picked better partners. I was treated better. I was able to ask for what I needed and, and I wasn't willing to do anything that I didn't want to do anymore just to be pleasing to my partner. Wow. That is so huge. I think most women struggle to some degree with their body image throughout their lives sure. and certainly in the bedroom. And I think we really do attract what we're, you know, reflecting. I got this really great question from a listener. I actually answered it for uh, the Good Men Project. I read a, a column mm -hmm. for them. And I asked our resident expert, Dr. Megan, who is just returning. She took a month off, so mm. I'm so excited to have her back. Uh, she's wonderful, Dr. Megan Fleming. Uh, so here's the question, and then I'm gonna play uh, her answer with some wonderful advice. Uh, hey, August, my wife and I have been married for two years, together four. I adore her and really have no complaints about our marriage, except for one thing. She's completely uncomfortable with me seeing her naked. There's uh, no one I'd rather look at or be with, honestly, but she clams up every time we get intimate, unless it's completely dark. Then when I put my hands places she considers, quote, fat, she moves it away. When I try to talk to her about it, she tells me she's had poor body image since she was a kid, surely because of her weight-obsessed parents. I'm not sure what to do about that. How can I help her feel as beautiful as I find her in the bedroom? I want it for both of us, but especially for her. I know you have experience with these issues, and I'm hoping you can help. Thank you, Sam. It's such a great question. Uh, here's what Dr. Megan had to say about that. Sam, this is a great question, and one that I see often in my practice, where unfortunately and sadly, I think women um, 
in this case, it seems like your wife uh, sort of grew up under sort of the eyes and vision and expectations of her parents and the meaning of weight. But I think often so it's our culture um, and there's sort of an idealized version of what is feminine or sexy. And I think we actually need to all take a big step back and revisit uh, amazing women like Mae West who you know, weren't necessarily, uh, you know, they had their curves uh, and they were incredibly sexy and, and um, seductive and erotic. And what I'm hearing you say is that, unfortunately, your wife can't see herself sort of through your eyes, that she really is uh, sort of trapped in her own version of how she sees herself. And it's really limited to her physical body and not all of her that I imagine you see, which is her mind, body, and soul, sort of the energy of her. And it's really to help her get that, whether it's because of shame or tension or negative body images or message she got about her own body growing up, that it is a passion killer. It's a passion killer for her and the amount of pleasure she can allow and experience as well as for you. And I think that it's an opportunity to recognize that, um, first of all, it's wonderful that in a completely dark space, she does have the capacity to let go and relax. But how do we build from there? Perhaps it's just one candle at a time to bring light, self-acceptance and relaxation. And just recognizing that the power of the part of her that so immediately wants to pull away when you maybe touch her stomach or a part of her body that she has a hard time embracing. But that feelings are like waves. And it's really about allowing yourself to fully embrace them um, and ride them. Because if you let a feeling crest, it's seven to 10 seconds, as long as your thoughts aren't perpetuating that feeling. So really let her hopefully know that you want to be her with her there with her hold her through that experience and that you know there's an exhalation a surrender a letting go on the other side and again i think it goes back to that whole idea of one candle at a time bring in light but appreciate the ways in which for right now she is able to let go and sort of one step easeful growth step at a time sort of build from there because it's a huge opportunity to bring in more pleasure, bring in more sexy, bring in more ability to feel pleasure that I imagine is going to be a huge turn to you both. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Because first of all, from a practical standpoint, candlelight's very flattering. But I love that idea of baby steps, you know, just yeah. doing something loving and nurturing. And uh, one thing I brought up in my response uh, to Sam was that whenever the, the body image issues run that deep, when somebody is that uncomfortable, it's never just affecting the bedroom, even if it seems that way. So I also encouraged him to do things like, um, you know, talk to her outside of sex, mm -hmm. you know, about it and um, try to be supportive emotionally and um, ask her how, she, how he can be supportive, but then also to lead a, a good example. Because I notice a lot of people will ask me about body image. They're concerned about somebody else. And yet that person who's asking me is like totally obsessed with the gym and calorie burning or, you know, or is dieting themselves. So it's important to lead, you know, a good example mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Rain, do you ever find that in, do, do your clients ever ask you about, you know, looking 
maybe not naked perhaps, but I know you work with people. You helped me choose a, a bathing suit, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was wonderful advice, by the way. I love it. It's my favorite bikini that I've ever had. Um, so what kinds of tips would you advise somebody if, say, they wanted to feel a little bit more comfortable with their body from a style standpoint? What can they do? I would just say practice looking at yourself and feeling comfortable with yourself naked. Maybe you're cleaning naked. Maybe you're getting dressed and admiring yourself naked. So you can kind of get used to the fact of not always being covered up in your own home, of course. And it's funny that you're talking about your weight. A lot of my clients that have lost weight, they are still actually dressing for the size that they used to be. Mm -hmm. And that always stems from they still feel like they don't deserve to have any attention. They don't deserve to be dressed nice and be paid attention to. And so that's kind of across the board, just the way it is. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. What about you, Shannon? Do you have any other, um, did any particular steps help you as far as the intimacy parts went? Or was it kind of just the whole picture of working on yourself? You know, it was the whole picture. And, you know, and I really liked what you said about just taking it still being gentle. First, I had to get used to seeing myself in this changing body mm-hmm. in the mirror and then getting okay with the loose skin, uh, the cellulite on the legs, a hundred pounds is hard on the body. And I'm glad that I lost it slow, but I still have scars from that, you know, physical scars. So just thinking of them as like my battle scars, like, you Mm -hmm. know, I am a survivor and also to, you know, not only respecting myself, but only bringing people into my life intimately who respected me. That is important. You know, it sounds like that, you know, lovely man, Sam, you know, is just the kind of person that would make somebody feel more comfortable about themselves, like to create that space of safety so that eventually, you know, I could relax and, and enjoy the sexual experience and not be self-conscious about every bump and lump and absolutely skin. Absolutely. And him complimenting her when she's dressed as well as when you're naked, even just in a past passing by situation. Wow, babe, your hair looks great. Or, oh, I like your butt over there. You know, it's just little things to get yourself more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm with my clients and at first, some of them are really shy and they don't want to get undressed in front of me. And then I have this way of easing them up. And then by the end of the session, they're like, hey, look at my vagina. I'm like, yeah, girl, you're beautiful. (laughs) So some of us just haven't heard wow, you are beautiful the way that you are now. Look how you look in this. Look how you look naked. Oh, look what this sexy pair of panties can do for you. And sometimes it's just been so long since someone has heard that. Exactly. And we're so critical of ourselves. So if we surround ourselves with people who are equally critical, how are we ever going to recover? That's really true. And I think that's a challenging step for a lot of people, especially women, to set boundaries and to know that a relationship you know, we we're used to that concept of like a breakup with a guy, mm-hmm. but sometimes we need to distance ourselves from people who are toxic influences mm-hmm. because it really is contagious. Just as the positivity is, you know, we attract um, positive people when we're, we're being positive. Uh, one way that a lot of women feel more sexy or the tips that you often hear is like put on a pair of heels. And as mm-hmm. my listeners know, I've been doing this heel free <laughs> campaign, uh, which started in May and has been totally eye-opening and and fun and interesting for me. Uh, I would love to hear though, Rain, some tips for feeling super sexy and, and, you know, confident without, because I think our society also tells us that heels are kind of, you know, not kind of, they're really sexy. Uh, So it's just kind of gets into our subconscious that if we're not in them, that we're going to feel because when I first came into the studio, because I used to wear my favorite boots all the time and they had like two and a half inch mm-hmm. wedge and 
I felt like little teeny tiny. So mm. much of it is emotional and mental. And I knew that, but even knowing that, yeah. I felt like I was looking up at everyone. So what are some tips that you have for feeling you know, sexy and confident in either flats or really comfortable non-heels? Well, you're going to have to shop for stuff that brings you joy. So if you're just going to go out and buy some flip-flop that's cheap mm. from Walmart, honey, that is not going to bring you joy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe get a little spice. Maybe if you like leopard print, buy a leopard print flat. Gladiator sandals look amazing with dresses. So maybe get a metallic flat mm. that goes with dressing up clothes. For jeans, I would just say Toms. I love to me some Toms. Those are so comfortable. Do you ladies know what Toms are? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't them, but I heard, and it's a wonderful company because mm -hmm. they, every pair you buy, don't they donate a pair to a child in need, I think? I believe so. I'm pretty sure. So what do you love about them, though? You said they're comfortable. Are they like really supportive shoes? They're just comfortable. They're supportive, and you can just slip them on. Awesome. That's so And great. they look cool. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm wearing my uh, uh, Dansko um, Pasadena Drea shoes here. Let me see if I can do some yoga. <laughs> or get some great, those are in your color palette. Totally. Do those yeah. bring you joy? They, they look awesome. They bring me joy. Thank you. Because they're turquoise, which I love. Yes. Um, and for me, I have a bit of a bunion on one foot from wearing heels, mm -hmm. I'm sure, or at least partly. Um, so I have to have like a wide supportive toe area. I also have pretty flat feet. I've learned so much about my feet this last Who few knew? months. I had no idea. <laughs> I know, seriously. I couldn't have told you anything about my feet before. And now I know probably. I hope you're much. not focusing on your feet. Like, oh, I got flat feet. No. Like, don't no. focus it on the negative. Right? No, that's so funny. Thank God, no. Probably me 10 years ago would have been like, do my feet look unattractive? <laughs> But fat. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it, it really mm -hmm. does get that serious. Yes. But um, but luckily, no, I, I feel like there's so much confidence that comes from, as you said, joy and self-care mm -hmm. and taking care of our feet is so empowering. And so now I'm starting to see, and I don't judge anyone for wearing heels, even stilettos, whatever you want to wear, wear whatever shoes make you feel good. Uh, but what bothers me is that we're all taught that these super, super tall shoes that put our whole bodies out of line mm -hmm. and the injuries are really high. Cause bunions. Cause bunions. Yes, they cause. Flat feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did cause my, my flat feet. I, I, I don't know. But Bruise your toenails. The list goes on and on. It's really a long list. Yes. It really is. And they've, they've doubled in the last like 10 years injuries, like hospital injuries. And so it makes me sad. And now when I see people's women's feet, in lower shoes, that looks more pretty and and natural to me. Right. And when mm. I see the really, it's like if if like people are walking around with their hands like hyperextended, you know, it doesn't yeah. look natural, but it's all people are seeing. See, that's about changing your perception, which mm -hmm. I think that we've been on, been discussing. It's like now you see something else as beautiful when before before you experience it, you'd be like, oh, it's flat rather than yes. changing and changing takes time. It right. does. It does. It takes time and it, it takes repetition. And mm -hmm. what's interesting is like you said, once you start to feel that, mm -hmm. that's attractive to people. When you feel hot and sexy and good and, and comfortable in your body, you can be wearing like a $2 pair of flip flops from Walmart mm -hmm. and feel smoking hot. You know, yeah. I'd yes. rather wear the leopard print ones myself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. And, you know, back to being overweight. So when I was 230 pounds, one thing that I used to do is wear super high heels because it was supposed to create a slimming effect, which mm. nothing is really going to help 230 pounds look slimming. But I did. And I would be in such 
pain mm-hmm. with my feet because that is a lot of weight to put on the tips of your toes. But I did it because I wanted to look pretty. Of yeah. course, yeah. of course. And that's that's a natural reaction. Right. And it's I think it's 80 percent of your body weight goes in more goes into your mm-hmm. feet when you're when you're wearing those shoes so it's really do you nice. ladies also find that as we're getting a little bit older i mean in my 20s i was always in heel heel and mm-hmm. i'm five foot ten so now that i'm in my 30s i would feel so strange in like four inch heels just getting all the attention and being in pain i want comfort pizzazz and just feeling great and confidence mm-hmm. and i think as we get older we don't need so much height and bedazzling mm-hmm. yeah. as the more we grow as a people. I think so. Persons. That's a really good point. I do think that we gain, hopefully we all gain sure. self-comfort and self-embracement. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that younger women could get it sooner, but I do think you're right. I, I definitely like, I would not want to go back to my twenties insecurities. Thank God I learned from them. Right. But amen for not being 20. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And the shoe companies have wised up. Like I'm looking at both of your shoes are flats and they're, they're beautiful. They're blingy. They're stylish. So we have Mm -hmm. more to choose from now so that flats are more attractive. We're more appealing. They look better. They're more stylish. Yes, that is absolutely true. And just like food, everything in moderation. That's true. If you are going to wear them, the, Mm -hmm. the tips, it's interesting. Uh, some orthopedic surgeons will say, you know, if you're going to wear heels, just make sure that it's no more than two inches high is what they say. Some say one and a half inch um, and vary them a lot. Don't wear them every day, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So definitely whatever steps you can take to, to further your self-care, I always feel like you don't dive. Like you said, it was gradual. You know, you don't jump from I'm going to be, you know, completely confident in these shoes tomorrow. You know, sometimes it is if you're wearing stilettos that you wear those once a week or, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. just thinking more about it even, I think is, is pretty mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon, how are you feeling about your, your body now versus since we're talking about back sure. in our twenties and whatnot? Uh, do you feel like you're in a healthy place emotionally? I do. I do. You know, one thing um, that I'm very fortunate is that I started exercising um, early in my weight loss journey. So I was able to undo a lot of the damage, not all of it, but I was able to do a lot of it. So I feel, I feel strong. I feel healthy. I feel fit. I feel good. I look in the mirror. I like what I see. I like the muscles I see that I, that I worked so hard for. Um, so that I like what I see too. I'm so glad. (laughs) Yeah. So glad. Yeah. So I do, I feel good. And, and a lot of it, see back to the, about the inside, I could have done all this outside work, but if I still had a fat girl head, I would only see the, the middle that's a little thicker than Mm -hmm. I would want it to be or the loose skin on my thighs. But I don't see that. I see me for who I am and warts and all. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. And you're a great role model because every time we present that, we never know how many people it's just like if we diet and a kid hears about it, that's so damaging. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, um, rain, what else can we do besides wearing, you know, comfortable stylist, flats that bring us joy yes, and our color palettes and yes. other tips for, you know, really exuding our personal style for somebody who's trying to up the ante a bit. I would really just say dress in color and confidence is literally the mm-hmm. sexiest, possibly the sexiest thing that you can ever put on before you put on labels. That is such a good point. Absolutely. Confidence is really sexy. I think that's like a meme on Facebook, isn't it? Like, uh, and I know it sounds kind of cliche, but have you ever 
been out and about and you see a woman across the room and she's so gorgeous and you're just like, oh my gosh. And then you start talking to her and she doesn't seem as pretty anymore yeah. because of the words that are coming out of her mouth about her, about others, about materialistic things. And then all of a sudden she doesn't seem as pretty mm -hmm. or um, that can happen as men, you know, sure. as we look at a man across the room or whatever. So I just feel like confidence and being content with where you are and just striving to be the happiest you can possibly be is the best that we thing we can do for ourselves. Absolutely. And I think that goes so much further than, you know, our sexuality and it goes so much further than our wardrobe and how mm -hmm. we style ourselves because mm -hmm. it really does start with living with passion. You know, I say often uh, arouse your whole life. That is how we get to those places where we can really embrace uh our sexuality and strive for orgasms and have really wonderful ones. Just as you were mm -hmm. saying, we gain our uh, confidence mm -hmm. often with our height and our bodies over time. Women's sexuality, we actually get a lot more, our sexuality can get more intense over time for the same reason. Mm -hmm. So really thinking, am I passionate about my my career? Am I passionate about mm -hmm. my hobbies, the people in my life? You know, um, what about you? What's one last tip that you can provide for our listeners as far as um, leading a more mindful? Because you talk a lot about mindfulness. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one thing I wanted to share just to piggyback on your point, the, one of the best body image um, advice pieces I've ever heard came from Kelly Bundy on Married with Children. Who <laughs> Love said, her. Who said, <laughs> If you think you're hot, everyone else will too. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. I just thought that is so true. Even though it was yes. done comedic comedically, yeah. that is so true. And you know, if I could go back to answer your question, if I could go back to who I was in my twenties when I was 230 pounds, I would tell myself to own it. You know, you're a big, beautiful woman. Wear your colors, dress, do not be mm -hmm. ashamed. And I think that goes whether you're 230 pounds or 130 pounds. You know, own who you are. Beautiful advice. It is yeah. so important to do that because, again, not only does health not have a shape or size, you know, you, mm -hmm. you can be, I hate the term skinny fat, but I'll say it because <laughs> people know what it means. Uh, but, you know, we can be, it, our, sh our shape, our size, all of that doesn't say what's going on emotionally. It doesn't say what our health is. Right. And you can be a very healthy, voluptuous woman with a larger mm -hmm. body and mm -hmm. own it and be the sexiest woman in that room who everyone gravitates to. Mm -hmm. And and when you hear them talk, it's even brighter if, you know, if you're that person. Right. And I think that's, that's a huge, huge, huge thing to do mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Thank you, ladies, both so much for joining me. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Tell us where we can learn more about your work, Rain, first of all. You can learn. La, 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 la. That's my website too. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so gonna go there. You can learn more about me at stylebyrain.com and connect with me. And I can't wait to meet you all. Perfect. How about you, Shannon? Where can we learn more? Um, www.positiveportions.com. I ha am the author of a uh, inspirational food journal. Um, so it has six months worth of daily readings to keep you motivated on a path, some tips that I've learned along the way. So it's it's a helpful tool. Wonderful. Thank you so much, ladies. So again, to learn more both about both of these ladies, you can visit their websites. You can also find the links on my website, which is augustmclaughlin.com. I'll share those in the show notes. You'll also find links to the Girl Boner community online there. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube and iTunes so you won't miss a beat. To support Girl Boner and land some awesome intimacy products, shop at Good Vibrations by clicking the image in my website sidebar. Thank you so much for listening all and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.
Hmm, I'm having a technical issue here.